Well, it's an honor and a privilege anytime I'm able to open God's Word and to preach and to seek to see what God has to say to us. But again, it's a special day as we look at these graduates and, you know, uh, watching them over the last few years has been special. It's just always special to see growth. And, um, you know, we adults, we don't grow as much or maybe not the way we want to grow, you know, but there's so much growth that's going on uh, in, the, in the life of a young person in their, their uh, middle school and high school years. And, and just being able to, uh, to see Dalton and Evelyn and, you know, now, a lot of you guys, like Becca mentioned, are just kind of getting to know Miracle. Um, I've known her for a while because she was in Denise's class um, back, in, back in middle school. And uh, so I have been able to watch her as well. And it's just, it's just awesome, all three of you. And, and, and something's never changed, though, like Dalton's picking right now. Like he's always picking. That, that's, that's normal. But... Um, it's just awesome to see in, in each of you what God has done and what he's doing. And so uh, this passage today that we're going to read uh, is a great passage as we begin to think about where you're going, where you're going in life. You know, um, there's a very uh, popular Dr. Seuss book that uh, especially around this time of year called Oh, the Places You'll Go. And uh, I wish I could quote it, but you know, uh, if I was going to try to memorize something, I'd probably memorize scripture instead, and I, you know, I can barely do that. But it's a great, a great thing, but today's message is called, Oh, the Places He'll Take You. Because rather than just thinking about what you're going to do on your own, and by the way, I'm preaching to them, but all y'all get to listen in, and, and you can learn some stuff too, um, but we're going to think today not just about what you're going to do on your own, but what you're going to do with God's leading in your life, okay? And so our passage is going to be in Acts chapter 8, and uh, we're going to look at verses 26 through 40. And uh, the passage is about Philip and the Ethiopian. So if you're physically able, would you stand in honor and reverence for the reading of God's word? Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem, to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is a passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. 
The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Let's pray. God, thank you for this account of Philip, of this Ethiopian, and most of all of the work of your spirit uh, as you led and as you worked in amazing ways. And Father, we thank you for what you've already done in these graduates' lives, how you have already done spectacular and amazing things. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, we know that there are things that they don't even see in themselves, the possibilities they haven't even imagined that you have ahead for them. And God, I pray that today they'd be able to just grasp a, a glimpse of that, of all that you have in front of them, and that they'd be ready to embrace it. God, we pray and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So Philip went on a journey, an interesting journey. Uh, his journey began when an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Um, I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. An angel of the Lord has never appeared to me. Okay, Uh, I do know people who have told me that uh, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And more than that, I actually believe them. But it's never happened to me. But, you know, God can speak in amazing and different ways in our lives. And, And this time he spoke from an angel. And an angel said, hey, you know that road down at so and so that, you know, we we, we talked this way, you know, the road that takes you into East Columbus, or the road that that takes you, well, it was, you know that road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza? And that word Gaza, that's familiar to us because we hear about the Gaza Strip even today, right? And and the angel said, hey, there's that road, Gaza. Go go down to that road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he he did it. He he went and he he strolled on down, and and he got down the roadways, and and, and he saw a... um, he heard a cell phone. No, he saw a chariot. Uh, yeah, we'll get there one day. So he saw this chariot. And the Bible says that the, the Spirit instructs him, go to that chariot. Uh, go, go near that chariot. Now, that's, that's interesting. You know, go near that chariot. He, he doesn't say exactly what to do, but go near the chariot. And then the Bible says he runs up near the chariot. And he hears, by the way, not everybody had chariots back in the day, okay? We, we think, you know, chariots were all over the place because we've watched old movies. You, you were kind of something if you had a chariot. 
All right, and so here's a man, a high official of the Ethiopian government, and, and apparently he's got lots of attendants with him because he ordered the chariot to be stopped. There had to be someone around to be ordered. And, and, and he does, this official is happening to read from the book of Isaiah. And Philip hears him reading. And uh, by the way, in the ancient world, two things that are unusual to us is uh, they didn't do much silent prayer and they didn't do much silent reading. You know, we, we do a lot of silent both, right? I know of a lot of Christians who've silently prayed their whole life and they, you know, they, uh, I don't know, the church might cave in if they prayed out loud, you know, but they've prayed their whole life uh, silently. But back in, back in those days, it's just very normal. If you prayed, people prayed out loud. In the same way with reading, reading commonly was done out. You didn't just read to yourself, you read out loud. And uh, now some of you live with folks that do everything out loud, right? And, and you're used to hearing them do everything out loud. Um, I won't make any personal comment on that. But, you know, you, you never know what's going on. Um, but this, this time in, uh, in place, everything uh, was done out loud. So he hears this, he hears the message, and, and he goes and he, and he asks him, what's going on? What are you doing? And do you understand this? And he wasn't asking like, you know, are you kind of a slow reader? No, this was a rich, wealthy man who, who was obviously reading very well. But he understood something, and that is the word of God without the spirit of God to work in our hearts. We, we need some help from the spirit of God. And, and this man didn't really yet know about Jesus. And so he explains to him, starts from where he is, and then he explains what's going on with Jesus. And that, hey, this passage about somebody, you know, not crying out, that's about Jesus, how he didn't, he didn't fight back. And, and he talked about everything that Jesus did. And apparently he went through everything about believing in Jesus and, and being baptized uh, as obeying his command and because he, he must have gone through all that because they see water. And the Ethiopian says, hey, what's stopping us from doing this right now? You just talked to me about baptism. Here's some water. Let's do it. And Philip says, sure. The Ethiopian stops it. And, and they go down. He's baptized. And when they both come up out of the water, the Bible says Philip is snatched up. He's just taken right out of there. And he pops up in this other place called Azotus. And the Bible says that the Ethiopian just went on his way rejoicing. He didn't get all upset about the fact that Philip was gone. He just knew that God had done something amazing. And, you know, you know what if your first encounter with God and first encounter with Jesus was a stranger running up to your car telling you about Jesus, and, and, and then they baptize you, and they're gone. I mean, he was just seeing miracles happen here, amazing stuff. And he goes on his way rejoicing, and then the Bible says Philip finds himself there, and like, well, I guess I'm going to go back to Caesarea. And it says everywhere he went along the way, in all the towns and villages that he went through, he preached the gospel. So some pretty awesome stuff here. 
that uh, in this story that we see that God is doing. So here's what I want to talk about. You're going to take a journey, your journey of life, and God's going to take you to some, some interesting places, some surprising places. So I want to talk about how you make the most of that journey. And you've always, you've probably all heard, you know, the there was a fork in the road, and I took the road less travel. You know, blah, 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 blah. We, we all hear about this journey that's ahead of us. Let's think about how we make the most of where God is taking us. The first thing, it's already up there, obey without delay. When God tells you something, do it. Don't waste time. Don't mess around. One of the best phrases someone ever taught me in my life is that delayed obedience is disobedience. Now, it's still good once you finally obey, but all that time when you're saying, yes, God, I'm going to do it, but hold on. I got some me stuff to do first, or I'm working my courage up, or you know, whatever excuse we want to give. When God commanded him to run, I mean, to, to go catch that chariot, Basically, the chariot apparently was rolling, okay? It was, it was going. And so Philip couldn't be kind of all cool and just stroll up, you know, and, and have his swagger. No, he had to, like, drop everything and run if he was going to catch this chariot. And sometimes we think when God asks us to do something, we would maybe like to ease into it. But yet, God is calling us to do something that's really stepping out in faith, that's really out of our comfort zone, right? And I'm just going to tell you, you know, unless you are an athlete, back in these days, it was not normal for a grown man to just, you know, hike up their robe and start running. If it wasn't battle or, some, you know, something. But God said, get near to that chariot. And he went and did it. He got near to that chariot as close as he could. So when God is so specific and when he teaches you and tells you something, don't wait around. Don't waste time. Obey without delay. Sometimes, though, our instructions are a little vague. So the next thing I want to tell you about making the most of this journey is that you need to listen for more. You need to be ready to listen for more. Go ahead and obey what God's told you. But have patience as you're waiting for that next set of instructions. Part of God's plan throughout all of Scripture is that I've never seen in anywhere in this book, Old Testament or New Testament, that God just lays down and says, Oh, Abraham, here's the big plan. Take it all and just follow this and you'll get everything right for the rest of your life. He didn't say that to, to Esther. He didn't say that to Paul. He didn't say that to anybody. He, remember, he started off with Abraham. He said, hey, he said, go get your family, pick them up, move them to a land I'm going to show you. In other words, call the moving company. When they ask about the destination, just say, uh, we're going west. And then later on, God revealed more. Later on, God showed, okay, here's the next step. That's kind of how it was whenever he initially, the angel shows up. Can you imagine once you got over, then angels appeared to you and talking to you. Yeah, he's probably gone already, but then you're thinking, okay, I go on the road from Jerusalem down to Gaza. And then what? I mean, what if your 
parent sends you a text and says, uh, I want you to get on uh, 82, get on the bypass, and uh, go west. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so Don said he didn't even know where west is, so he'd have a problem there. But, you know, <clears throat> yeah, whatever. <laughs> you might at first say, okay, but then you're like, wait, when do I stop? Where am I going to go? And even though you know how to get started and obey, you might get thrown off by the fact that your parents haven't given you the end point. They haven't said whether it's going to be West Point or Starkville or or who knows where that you're going to end up. That would just be unusual. Because Really, I can say as a father of teenagers, we get real specific a lot of times because we know how you are bending things and kind of changing the rules. But you said I could go west. Yeah, but you're in California. I didn't want you to go that far. So usually we're real, real specific. But God sometimes says, hey, just get started. Just get started. And we have to listen, we have to obey, and then we have to listen for more. And say, God, I'm just going to do what you've told me to do right now. All you said was go down this road. I'm going down this road. Okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm walking, I'm here, and I'm going to keep doing what you told me to do until it's time for the next thing, and I'm listening. And, And, you know, first it was an angel, and then it's here's, You know, God's spirit speaking and saying, you go up. But he had to wait until that next set of instructions come. And we don't like that very much. Let me give you a little hint here. Your parents don't like it much either. All of us who are older, even though we're like old, we're older and wiser, so we can tell you teenagers what to do, and we can or we try. But, you know, we still don't like to wait None of us like to wait. None, we all like to have things, or at least we like for God to say, well, here's exactly what you're going to have. Here's exactly what's going to happen. And you know what? God doesn't do it that way. And part of it's because he wants us to have faith. Because see, if God went ahead and gave us the five-year, the 10-year, the 30-year plan, instead of trusting him, we'd trust that plan. So instead, he says, look to me and trust me. So we got to we got to obey without delay. we got to listen for more. And then fall back on your training. Fall back on your training. I've never been a special agent. She's shocked. She, folks, I know all of y'all are absolutely shocked that I have not been in any sort of commando or special agent or anything. But, uh, yeah, any of that stuff. You know what I've noticed from watching about a million, million, billion movies and shows about soldiers and, and agents and stuff is when they get in a crazy situation where there's no clear route, they're always told, fall back on your training. Go back to the basics of what you were told. Fall back on that until you get some more instruction. And you know what? That's where what you've got all these years as this family of faith, as your family at home and this family of faith has, has loved on you and worshipped with you and, and you have gotten the word yourself and you've gotten that basic training. 
And so sometimes you're going to get to a place in life where you say, God, I'd like an answer, and you're not hearing anything. You just found yourself in some different sort of place. And when he doesn't give you some extra special specific instruction, you know what? You just go back to what you already know. He may have not directed you what road to go on, but he's taught you how to walk that road. That is with integrity, with righteousness, with love, with compassion. All of the things that God has taught in his word. When you get to those places where maybe you don't have a specific idea of which person am I going to marry? Which career am I going to take? Which this am I going to do? You know what? You don't just stop and freeze up. You keep living what you already know to do because God's put it in your hearts. You've heard it. Other believers have encouraged you and you've learned. Philip, can you imagine? He's had an angel appear to him. Now, Next, the spirit says, hey, go up to that royal chariot over there. <laughs> Catch it. He has this amazing conversation where it's like road trip baptism. You know, I mean, it, things are just so, and then they come up out of the water and he's gone. <laughs> Can you imagine he appears in the street of this Azotus town and he's soaking wet? <laughs> and everybody's, who's this guy? What's going on? And guess what? This time, an angel doesn't show up, and the Spirit doesn't speak into his ear or in his heart. This time, he's just where he is. Well, Lord, you know what? I guess I'm going to go back to next place. I, I think I got an appointment in Caesarea. I guess I'm going to start heading that way until you tell me otherwise. And what should I do along the way? Oh, yeah, I should tell people about you. I should live my life in a way that honors you. And as he sought to do that, as he traveled from each place to the next, this was his, his natural life. He wasn't being fake. He was like, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, I got some great news. Have you heard about Jesus? Yeah, he's that guy that they put to death, right? Oh, yeah, but he didn't stay dead. And he started sharing the gospel in every place he went. And I know sometimes that seems like a, a big, big thing, but, you know, you're already sharing the gospel in ways that you don't even realize sometimes. Just the fact that, that you're a, a believer committed to worshiping, and people are going to know that. You know that the Bible tells, we, we didn't end up doing communion today, but the Bible says every time that we take communion, we proclaim the Lord's death again until he comes. What's that mean? We're witnessing, we're sharing our belief in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And this just needs to be a part of our regular life. Because most of the time, we don't get that real clear word from the Holy Spirit. Most of the time, we don't get that vision of an angel. Most of the time, we're left to figure it out. And God says, here's how you figure it out. I haven't left you alone. I've given you my spirit, and I've given you my word. And so you follow that. I love the song... Um, that you sang, Dalton. I've, I've been able to watch, you know, over the years, again, as you, as you grow and develop and your ability to sing, and you're almost to my level. And <clears throat> so keep on keeping on. But I love, I love 
the words of that song, it's one of my favorites because it reminds us that I'm not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. You may not see an angel. You may not hear the voice of the Spirit real strongly, but you know from his word, from what he's done, the promises he's made, that he's with you. And just like we talked about in Psalm 23, that he's going to walk. You might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, You might be having the roughest, hardest time ever, but you don't have to fear because God is with you. You're not alone. He will go before you. He will never leave you. Pray with me this morning. Father God, Lord, life takes interesting turns. God, you surprise us. You're not boring. God, you do things we could never imagine, and you're going to do amazing things in the lives of these graduates. And Father, you're doing amazing things still in those who are younger and those of us who've met a few other milestones in our life. God, you're still working. And so I pray that you'd help us all to be challenged not to just float along, but to make the most of the journey that you have us on. To look and to listen, to immediately obey, and to keep falling back on what you've already taught us and being faithful to you in whatever you're bringing. And Lord, I pray uh, now during this invitation, God, as we, as we consider your words to us, the words of Scripture, God, may we commit ourselves to following you. God, may we repent where we have been disobeying. Lord, may we lift up our brothers and sisters in prayer who are struggling in their journeys. God, may you just work and may we be receptive to whatever you're calling upon us to do today. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.